Welcome to the Down the Drive podcast, downthedrive.com, SB Nation's community for the Cincinnati Bearcats, your home for everything Bearcats athletics. We got basketball season three weeks away. Cincinnati is the best volleyball team in the conference. And of course, football season in full swing with the Bearcats at five and one, about to embark on the second half of the season. And I'm really excited to be joined by Scotty Whitehouse for this week. Scotty is a Cincinnati alum, big time fan. Scotty, welcome. And why don't you tell everybody more about yourself? Well, thank you for having me, Mike. I'm looking forward to being on this show. Uh, yeah, I've been listening to you for a little bit. I used to run, uh, some mini Bearcat podcasts back in the day. Um, and as you said, I graduated from University of Cincinnati in 2012. Um, have a unique relationship with UC. I, I grew up here in Cincinnati. Uh, but my, uh, I was born in Indiana and my father actually went to the University of Indiana. And so it's in my blood to be a Hoosier fan. And so growing up, I was, I was always, all I knew was IU. I, in fact, my first ever basketball game, not talking grade school, high school, my first ever basketball game I attended when I was five years old was at the University of Indiana. We sat two rows behind, uh, Bobby Knight and, uh, so I, I, college basketball is like my my uh, my baby, and so growing up, I never really watched UC, never really got into um, Bearcats athletic. In fact, I I, not, I wouldn't say I was anti UC, but I definitely was not a fan. Um, and then once college hit, I was like, well, where am I going to go? Um, I obviously live here in the city. A lot of my friends and family um, had gone to UC, so I was like, oh, let's go. And uh, applied, got in, and I remember going to my very first college football game when I was a senior in high school at Nippert. Um, so Brian Kelly was the coach, but, uh, um, you know, it was, it was such a unique environment. Indiana does not have football. I mean, they have football, but we don't call that football. We call no, that. I've been to a game there. It's not, we have at <laughs> halftime and you go to like the McDonald's. And the There's nothing in Indiana. Exactly. Exactly. So I went to Nippert and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is unbelievable and loved it. And so, um, We'll absolutely admit I was just mainly a football fan. And so 2008 was a really cool season. Obviously we know, um, we, we won, uh, we won the Big East that year, right? And then we went to yeah. the Orange Bowl and we lost to Virginia Tech, which was tough. Um, but that one was really like, oh my gosh, like this is something that I, I'm gonna like. And then the 2009 season happened. And obviously you know that I, what, what happened there? And we'll discuss that very clearly. But so it took me, so 2009 took me from being like a, like I, I went to every game as a student to like, oh my God, I'm obsessed with this university. Um, I, I found a home and that also really got me into the basketball program as well. Um, started going to all those games. So that's where my fandom comes. Um, from there, um, we moved to Indianapolis for a few years, but I still watch every game. I haven't missed really honestly any games. Um, you know, obviously travel sometimes I'm not able to watch any thing um the houston game for example even just last last weekend i was building a deck with my father-in-law so i had the game on i was listening to dan horde but i also had it on a tv so i had the best of both worlds when i wasn't able to physically have eyes on the screen but uh i i, I love the program and um yeah I, i'm kind of rambling a little bit but i gotta tell you folks if you're listening and all you know is cincinnati's program like that's your your go-to we have a good one coming from Indiana, coming from, uh, uh, other, my, my wife went to Indiana state. Um, we have an excellent athletic program. It's something you should be proud of. And I'm very proud to call, um, you know, my alma mater. Seriously. I mean, this is a great time I and mean, the football team is thriving right now. 
basketball team is about to embark on a new era after a pretty successful decade. The volleyball team is 6-0 in the conference right now. They have one of the best players in the country, Jordan Thompson. The baseball team made the tournament last year for the first time in 50 years. The women's team won 24 games, made the Elite Eight of the women's NIT. So, yeah, it really, it's an awesome time to, to be a Cincinnati fan and for you and I to talk about Cincinnati sports. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wrote an article on Down the Drive many, many years ago. This is when I was writing for for the website. And, and I talked about, imagine being an Alabama fan, right? So during football season, you've got one team, and that's it. You've got the, the Crimson Tide, and oh, my God, they're amazing. But afterwards, come basketball season, it's nothing. And then no. you flip it on the on the other side with Kentucky. Oh my gosh. I mean, big blue nation. Let's go, which I can't stand Kentucky least favorite sports program of all time. I'm talking, I don't care what the page, any, anything Kentucky. I'm sorry. Kentucky fans can't stand it, <laughs> but you talk about that basketball. Oh my gosh. They're great. Football. Terrible. I mean, in, in, in all the other sports. So it really is. And you mentioned the, even the baseball team. I mean, going off and, and, um, beating, what was it? Who did we beat the first, um, that first round? Oregon State. The Oregon State. That's, that's right. Awesome. Number one seed. I mean, it was like, what? Like, what's going on? So it is truly, you're right. I was it's, in Europe. It's... I was streaming that game from my phone from a bar in London. <laughs> I was so excited that we were in the tournament. Yeah, exactly. So, and then obviously the women's sports, we cannot, I mean, the, this volleyball team, they're setting some numbers. I mean, really putting out some stats. It's like, they're oh my killing God. It. Yes. Unbelievable. <laughs> No pun intended um, on the kills. Oh, definitely a pun intended. Jordan Thompson <laughs> leads the country in kills, and so do the Bearcats. Yes. They, they really are a, a fun team to watch. But so is the football team. The football team is five and one. It's been a really successful first half. I think that UCF game a couple weeks ago really it put the school back on the map. I know you mentioned two thousand eight, two thousand nine, how successful those seasons are. Obviously, the school took a dip in football. For a few years after that, and of course the last few years with the, you know, hidden with his uh, era, error. <laughs> I'm not going to say his name. He should not play. be named. Yeah, and actually, <laughs> his last football game was the last time we played this week's opponent, Tulsa. But yeah, I mean, five and one. Does that sort of align with what your expectations were? Have we exceeded those expectations? What are your overall thoughts on the first half of the season so far? Absolutely. Um, the only thing that was a disappointment and was the Ohio State game. And that wasn't a disappointment from the fact that we were lost. It was the disappointment of how bad we lost. And yeah. like, obviously <laughs> you can't put up zero points if you're going to be a top tier program. You got to score something, but this Ohio State team is very good. I'm, I mean, I'm impressed and I was. A little, uh, you know, I don't know how they're going to be this year. They are very solid. Kerb Herstory just had him. He said, I personally have them as my number one. Maybe because he was the former quarterback. I don't know. But he did have them as his own number one. So having said that, to be five and one, did I expect that? I did. I did expect that with this team. You know, I had a buddy who, uh, he does a little gambling on the side and he sent me a message. Oh, the Bearcats are, are getting four. To UCLA, what do you think of that? Should I put any money down? I said, absolutely. I said, we're bringing back so many starters. This team was with the Vegas only giving us 5.5 wins. I mean, that oh, is man, just I like walk it into the and bank. And so all my friends. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> come on. Yeah. So I'm um, very, very satisfied where we are. 
Um, ranking wise, I think it's very fair. I'm not asking for more. I'm not asking for less. I think it's a very fair where we are in the AP and the coaches. So yeah, no, I, I think the five and one is, is, is expected. Um, but it's satisfied too. It's not like, well, we're here. Let's just keep it. No, I'm happy. I'm, I'm giddy when I put on my Bearcats gear. Yeah, I agree. This is what I expected. This is what I had hoped for. Obviously, mm-hmm. right. Like you said, the Ohio State game, I was very adamant that I thought it would be competitive, that I thought we would show up and it was extremely disappointing, but I missed on Ohio State. I thought, I didn't know that Justin Fields was going to be this good. I didn't think this Buckeye team would transition from Urban Meyer to Ryan Day like this. So yeah, they, I think they actually are the best team in the country, uh, so far. I thought UCLA would be tougher. I thought they would be a better team in year two of the Chip Kelly era. So we were able to beat them. I thought Marshall, I mean, that's obviously our most impressive that's, offensive that's performance. That's another one, season. right. I thought, and I thought they were a good team. It's tough to win on the road. You know, they beat us two years ago and it just, yeah. it felt like a trap game to me. Yeah. Like coming out of the bye, you're looking ahead to UCF. I was nervous about that game. So mm-hmm. it was, I kept telling disapp- everybody trap game, trap game, trap game. Yeah. And, and they blew them up. out of the water. And then, yeah. you know, I, I feel like that win to kind of gave them the confidence to do what they needed to. I said before this season, I thought they would beat UCF. The winner of that game was going to be the home team. Had we played them again in Orlando this year, I think they would have won. I really, truly believe that the crowd and the momentum of that game was, you know, a huge factor uh, for the Bearcats to win that game. And now we're looking at possibly the home game here if 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 the chips fall a certain way. And I know we can get into the end of the season at another time as, as we move forward. But, yeah, that game was a huge swing. Um, and moving forward, it, it comes down to, I think this season, I, I looked at, there was at the beginning of the season. I thought, all right, here's three objectives we can do that would make it almost a perfect season. One, we beat Ohio state. That's the toughest one. <laughs> I didn't think we were going to do that, but I thought, eh, two, we beat UCF. That one we have accomplished. And three, we go on and we finally win this stupid American Conference Championship for football. This it's very stupid this stupid conference. It, it's not a stupid conference. I'm saying the stupid conference championship. It's like a monkey on our back, something we just can't for some reason figure out. And again, we had who him who should not be named. I love the conference. I'm not saying this, the conference is stupid, but just getting there and winning that, like that's something that just we got to get that check off the box. So, um, and I think we're on the path to do it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think this, yeah, we're definitely on the, on the path. And the other thing that surprised me, so we beat UCF. I really, before the season, I sort of, I actually had Houston pegged as a loss because Blair. when you watch college football every year, you always see like a team pulls off this huge upset and then the next week is a major letdown. And before the season, I just thought, I thought the Eric King would obviously play and I yep. thought Houston would be really good. So I just, it felt to me like a tough spot coming off of an emotional win and then, having to turn around and play another tough team the week after. But I was – I mean, what what are your thoughts on that game? I thought it was interesting seeing them play multiple quarterbacks. I mean, if the guy Clayton Toon was healthy enough, I thought he should have just played. Not that he played well, but, you know, throwing in Holgerson's son and the wide receiver playing. It, I don't like that. It's too much. You're not going to be able to build a rhythm on offense. And I think they were just out of out of sorts the whole game. You used a word that's interesting, and, and I, I kind of circled that as I was writing some notes here, and I will tell you my word that I wrote down, which was gimmicky. I thought that game yeah. was very gimmicky of what Houston was doing. And let's think about this. So UC comes in. They just had the biggest win they've had in, God, maybe you guess you could say 10, 10 years. years. 
I right? Ten years. Yeah, and so they've had the biggest win in ten years. They're riding high. They come into this Houston team that is down, that has lost some players, or that you know players are sitting, redshirting, whatever's going on over there. And Houston comes out and they throw everything at them. The kitchen sink. We're talking. Wildcats, we're talking, I think, flea flickers. I mean, heck, one of the wide receivers threw a touchdown pass. They throw everything, and I was a little nervous, but I think that shows the difference between, you know, a, a team like the Bearcats used to be where, like, they were talented, but they weren't, quote, unquote, good. You know, good teams or great teams win those games. This Bearcats team, they won that game. They just said, all right, we're going to be – uh, understanding of what you're throwing at. We're going to make some adjustments at halftime and we are going to, um, audible our game plan a little bit and come at you and understand what you're doing from a defensive standpoint. So as you said, the word interesting, I say the word gimmicky. It was a weird game, but as I tweeted to you, you get out of there with a W and you get the hell home. Uh, that was just, uh, you go down, you go down to Houston, which is a program that does has a winning culture the last few years. Um, and you come back with a dub, yeah, I, I, I'm happy with it. I don't care how it goes down. Um, I think the team was very adverse. They very they, they adapted to whatever Houston threw at them. I, I'm looking here, like, think about this. So other than Desmond Ritter, who had obviously a couple of rushing attempts as the, as the quarterback, you had Warren and Dokes. Those are our two other rushing attempt players. For Houston, obviously Clayton Toon, he had, you know, probably had a rush for, you know, that counts as a rush. But other than that, if he's, you know, avoiding the sack, you've got one, two, three, four, five different rushing attempt players. They were doing everything they could to mix up our defense and our defense just said, I don't care. We're going to go ahead and get a pick six to win this thing. So they were throwing everything out and, 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 and you see just. They, you know, they prevailed and that's what they do. And that's, again, that's what a good team does. And we've got a good team on our hands. No, you're, you're right. You said it perfectly. It's good teams do prevail. It's funny. I mean, you, if you were watching this game on Twitter, basically, you would have thought <laughs> that we were getting blown out. I mean, yes. someone, and look, I'm guilty of it too. I'm negative and I'm critical, but so much negativity and so much criticism. And even afterwards, people were just like not happy. I, Winning on the road is really, really difficult in college football. And I think yes. winning on the road in this conference is especially hard because yes. you're playing in such dull environments. I keep thinking about the SMU game last year. We were so much better than SMU, and we went to overtime with them. There were 500 people in the stand. <laughs> so when you're it's coming, like a scrimmage like, at that point. <laughs> right. So where was there, like three, 4,000 people in Houston the other day because they were all getting ready for the Astros game? Yeah. But you know, when you come off of the environment that we had on Friday with 40,000 people and then you go to 4,000, it's an adjustment, honestly. And I think, I think they just came out. You could clearly tell the, the cornerbacks, the, um, the DBs were lacking the same intensity that they had at UCF. I think it was hard for this team to just get up and, you know, play the same way that they did last week. You, the way that they did play against UCF was amazing. You can't do that every week, and I think that's where you saw like the the struggles and and the the grinding through that game. But yeah, good team, good teams win games like that, and that's what they did. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I, like I said, I had a unique um, experience, and I'm going to go a little off the actual X's and O's and just give one shout out to somebody who will go down in Bearcats athletic history, which is Dan Horde. So I got to listen to him while I was working on this deck with my father-in-law. My father-in-law comes in town and helps me build this deck. He wants to 
you know, he's putting forth his weekend. He's putting his weekend in, out of the ring so he could help me. So I want to be respectful to him, but I'm also like, hey, Bearcats are on. So I listened to a lot of the game, but I had it, like I said, on the television. And Dan Hort said one of the funniest things is after one of the, the Houston touchdowns, and they had that annoying – and I don't know if you could hear it on TV, but you could clearly hear it on the radio – is they have – when Houston scores, they have this, like, almost alarm. And it's not oh, like a I cool, like – it's not like a cool alarm. It's a very annoying alarm. And Dan Hord said, this is, that is the most annoying thing I think I've ever heard in my entire uh, broadcasting is that stupid alarm that Houston does when they score. And I was busting out laughing. I was like, Dan, I love you. So completely off the rails, but I thought that was, uh, <laughs> I did appreciate that. And I was cracking up because it was very distinct on the radio. You could, it, it those, the speakers picked it up real, real bad. It was, ugh gross well here's my thought on a random kind of aside i saw a great tweet that really made me laugh watching dana holgerson on the sideline now <laughs> i know how other fans felt watching mick cronin on cincinnati sideline yes i All love that <laughs> does, he, I, I don't know if he said one word to his players he just yes. yells at assistants and referees and it looked like he was yelling at one of our players at one at Guara at one point. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's right. he just yells at everybody except for his own players. I don't. I, yeah, he's a very annoying coach. So glad we got to beat him. Yeah, good news. Good news. Bad news on that. Good news again shows that we can come in and we can beat a coach that does have a history of winning. He was in the Big Twelve, and you know, West Virginia's had their fair share of success. So it doesn't matter if. You had a bad season or not. If you're a coach in a bigger conference, you have success. You know what a winning team, a winning game plan looks like. So we go in and we beat that type of coach. Again, another knock on the, uh, on the, on the, uh, stat board for us for a good win. However, bad news. I think Houston's going to be pretty good moving forward. I think in the next few years, he gets some recruits in. Um, you know, I think they're coming right back. So we'll see. Um, I doesn't say I don't think we'll compete with them. I just think that. Watch out for Houston the next few years. I think they're going to be competing for the conference pretty easily. They could be. I mean, we don't actually play them every year, so that definitely That's good. That's good, yeah. Another team we don't play every year is Tulsa. That, too, we play this week with a chance to, if you got the five-and-a-half under over, a chance to win (laughs) your bet on October 20th. That's wild. Or October 19th. That's insane. I didn't think that I would win this bet in the middle of October. Uh, but here we are, a chance to get six wins, a chance to get back to a bowl game. Tulsa is not a good team. They haven't been for a while. We've played them twice uh, in the American Athletic Conference, beat them at home in 2015, lost the regular season finale in 2016. Since that finale, Tulsa's just 8-23 and overall. They're 2-4 and this year. Uh, they have lost to some tough teams. They lost to Michigan State, Oklahoma State, SMU. They beat Wyoming and San Jose State. Nothing exciting. But I mean, what are your what are your quick thoughts on the Tulsa game this week? Um, I'm as a fan. I'm typically always pretty not optimistic, and you'll find this if you <laughs> have me on here. I'm always like, oh, we're going to lose, or we'll find a way to mess this up. I'm going to be the complete opposite here. I think the spread is something like 17. I think it maybe did drop down to 16. I think this is going to be a blowout. So Tulsa's, uh, these are the points that they've scored. And Tulsa's, their their prime thing, quote-unquote, is their offense, okay? So uh, seven points against Michigan State, 16 against um, San Jose, 21, 21, 37. That was against SMU, and 17. So 
they're only scoring, they've only scored above 23 times out of their six games. And again, their offense is supposed to be what's quote unquote good. Their defense is atrocious. So they haven't played a defense like ours. So we know their offense is going to go down. And now our offense gets to play against a very vanilla defense. I think we're going to be fine. I think it's going to be kind of a blowout. I would obviously take UC to cover. Um, if I'm going to project a score, I don't ever do this, but why not? I think it's going to be like a, a 42 to 14, maybe 35 to 14, but it's, it's going to be over very quickly. We're going to be more fo- I bet you th- when we leave this game, it's going to be more about the ceremonies at halftime than the actual game that we talk about. Um, I hope I so, because that's a, yeah. I mean that's a good thing if that's what happens. All I know about Tulsa is this: and you said this would be the best defense that they played. They did play Michigan State, who does have a really no, good defense. No, that's true. That's true. That's um, true. Yeah. The one thing I know about them, and this just I'll never forget this quote: one of their running backs, Corey Taylor, said that week that with the offensive line that they have that him and his other running back, Shamari Brooks, would each run for 100 yards apiece, that five yards per carry was reasonable. Take a guess how many yards Tulsa ran for as a team that game. Uh, <laughs> it was negative 73. I was going to throw out like a 20, yards. 30. <laughs> I believe Taylor himself had minus two. So, oh, my gosh. <laughs> just a, a so yeah, you said they're off there. Yeah, they're leading rush with Shamari Brooks, who had six carries for zero yards, and Corey Taylor had minus one, and then they just took a bunch of sacks. Um, so yeah, I, they're supposed to be an offensive game. I think their head coach, Phil Montgomery, was a Baylor, was a long time Art Bryles assistant. So I have full confidence in our defense. It's interesting. The last few weeks, I've enjoyed watching the defense play more than the offense. Hopefully that changes this week. Hopefully the offense, this could be like Marshall, kind of a get-right game. Mm-hmm. Limit the I say this every week. Limit the penalties. Clean it up. This team is who they are at this point through six games. They're never going to be perfect. But yeah. try and clean up the penalties just a little bit. Uh, avoid the turnovers and get the running game established a little bit. I know Michael Warren's numbers were a little bit down. His yards per, per carry are certainly down. I think it's – Probably the result of teams obviously are scheming against him and the offensive line play, but you know, get him involved, get Dokes involved a little bit. These next four games, I don't want to be that confident and this cocky. I know you said you're always negative, but these next four <laughs> games are against the four worst teams in the conference: You've Tulsa, East Carolina, UConn, South Florida. So, really, a chance to like get going, get right, entering the the end of the season. Absolutely. And if you have anything you got to fix, now's the time to do it. I will say moving forward, I really honestly do not care how we win. I just want W's from here on yep. out. I know that's what everyone wants too, but I, at this point, there will be one of these three or four games where it's a little bit closer than we'd like. At that point, it doesn't matter. Just get the dub, get out of there. Let's move on. Um, cause we've got a, we've got a tough slate at the end of the year that we got to focus on. So, um, you know, I, I talk about, you know, maybe we can eliminate the penalties. This is, uh, and I'm a huge golfer. So, um, you know, it comes down to like, uh, when, when someone golfs a lot of times and they miss hit the ball, aka like a penalty, um, a lot of times it's because they pull their head and I'll tell people if I'm golfing, Hey, I'll watch the ball for you. You just literally, as soon as you hit it, do not move your head. So I'd love for Fickle to be like, hey, guys, I don't care if on one or two plays you give up five yards. 
don't have a penalty. Just let's just focus on this whole game, not have a penalty. We'll give up maybe one or two kind of quote unquote, quote, unquote, wink, wink, big plays and we'll still dominate. So, but it'll teach us the right way of not having these stupid, whatever it is, offsides, holding all this crazy stuff that we have. So yeah, I'd love to have six penalties, maybe not 10, you know, maybe five. I think that's reasonable to ask for. So. We'll and maybe see. and maybe this will be that game. Maybe this will be the game that they are perfect and that they are flawless. There wouldn't be a better game for them to be perfect than for the game in which we're honoring the perfect team from 2009. That I'm really excited for that halftime. I mean, so you're an alum. You graduated 2012. I graduated 2011. I mean, that's my that's our team. Like that, I feel empowered by that team. I, that was such such a special season. I was. Did, did a lot of traveling that year. I was fortunate to have been at 10 of the 13 games, uh, including Pitt. You know, I, I don't know. I, there's so many things that I could say. I'll let you go first. I mean, how happy are you to honor that 2019? Yeah. So it's interesting, isn't it? You know, I, um, when they made the announcement, maybe I just wasn't aware, but I really kind of realized that Brian Kelly was coming back during the Miami game, I think, or maybe it was the UCF game. It was yeah, one of the games so they, they planned it around the Notre Dame bye, which was interesting. And right. Let's, I, I want to touch on that first. So, yeah, I, look, when it happened, I was pissed. I was angry. The way he did it was horrible. And honestly, no one should ever forgive the way that this whole thing played out. But, look. He went to Notre Dame. <laughs> you can't yeah. fault him. You can't ever be mad that he left Cincinnati for Notre Dame. And you go to a school like Notre Dame to win championships. Cincinnati went 12-0 and and they didn't compete for a championship. At Notre Dame, he did play in one national championship and they made the playoffs last year. I can never be mad at him for making that move. I respect that he made that move. I just obviously do wish it was handled differently. But this day and age, and even 10 years ago in college football, you got to hit the ground running. You got to start recruiting. There's no time for your old team. So it sucks. I I don't know what they're going to do on Saturday in terms of how they're going to introduce him and roll him out onto the field. They're going to say him by name. Hopefully fans keep it clean and keep it respectful for him. Um, you know, I he deserves, deserves – he deserves a round of applause. You don't have to give him a thunderous ovation, but he deserves a round of applause for really putting Cincinnati on the map in those back-to-back Big East titles. Absolutely. So my wife asked me, you know, and she's like, well, he, why the whole Brian Kelly thing? I had explained her to her because she, again, was at Indiana State. She only knows, oh, that's the Notre Dame coach. And so here's my thoughts on Brian Kelly. I, you said something that I do will say I'm going to disagree with you on. I understand that if a coach gets hired by a new program, you got to get this ball running. You got to do that. You're telling me that Brian Kelly takes this team to the biggest game in the program's history. Number three overall, Sugar Bowl. He can't tell Notre Dame, hey, I'm all yours. I'm here. I'm ready to go. I'm not going to quit on my team for just two weeks. I mean, we're talking maybe three or four, maybe it's like weeks or something like that, whatever it was, and to just finish what you started. And I think that's my biggest flaw with everything. I don't care that he went to Notre Dame. He was going to be gone. Shocking news to everybody. Sorry to hear you say, uh, hear say this, but if we do do really, really well, guess who's going to be gone? Most likely Luke Fickle. That's okay. And that I, that's I disagree just, with. 
We well, can talk about that. And that's fine. That we can talk about that another time. That is fine. But I don't care that he, going back to Brian Kelly, I don't care that he left. And I don't care of how he left. It doesn't matter if like, oh, I said I'm going to be here and now I'm gone. It, does, it was the fact that he quit on this team before the last game of the biggest game in program history. Wouldn't it have been amazing? Think about this. Wouldn't it have been amazing? And Brian Kelly, I guarantee you asking this because, oh, man, that first year at Notre Dame was so important he got there. Wouldn't it have been amazing if he stayed? They won. They pick him up on their shoulders, and he goes off in the sunset as the greatest football coach ever for UC. I mean, he already is, but you know what I mean? Like, it would have been unbelievable. He comes back this weekend, and people are in tears. They're crying for joy because of how great it was, like all that stuff, right? But that's not what happened, and that's my biggest thing. However, so that's the anti-Brian Kelly. Here's the positive, and this is why I will stand up and give the man a big round of applause. I'm not going to hoot and holler. I'm not going to be like, "You're, you're the greatest. But what he did is he took this program from we expect to have a fun season, maybe get seven or eight wins, you know, it'd be great, to if we are not a 10 to 11 to a 12-win team, it is unacceptable, and this is a unsuccessful season. And that is something that is invaluable. It's something that um, is culture-changing, and that is why we should stand up and applaud him. Because the Tommy Tubbervilles, which we would have been ecstatic to have, oh, we got this really cool named coach. Oh, no, 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 he's gone anymore because we're not we're, we don't expect that we're, we're not here to stand for that um so get at, get the hell out of here so that is one thing i will say he completely changed this culture he completely changed our athletic culture i mean really again i go back to the whole from the very beginning of this podcast our program is where we are today and we are so proud to be that with all the success we have across the board women's men's all sports not saying he was the main reason because our basketball team was always good but he Definitely kind of put us a little bit more on the map. College football is a little bit more popular amongst, you know, United States, whatever it is. He helped that. So I, I will applaud him, um, but I disagree. I do think he should have finished out that season. It is what it is now. You know, we, you, I was there at the Sugar Bowl. You were there at the Sugar Bowl. I don't know if we're going in there and beating, you know, Urban Meyer and uh, Tim Tebow in their last game together, but you never know. So that's my thoughts on Brian Kelly. Yeah, we'll never know. I just, I don't. Think we ever had much of a chance in that game? I'd like to think that Kelly playing <laughs> might have helped. One can one can dream. Yeah, I'd like. Yeah, I don't know. I'd like to think that maybe it could have helped, but I I don't know. That would have been. It was a tough game, regardless. Um, Complete I side did, note on that, real quick. I will say this: um, that uh, a big major uh, shout out to, and this is from my experience. The, the Florida fans were delightful. They were very, very, very friendly. I I I was doing the Gator job with them. It was they were we somehow we got stuck in the. Florida section, but they were super cool. They were doing the, Oh, cheer with us. They, they were great. I had really enjoyed those fans. So they were, I didn't. And since then I've kind of always respected Florida a little bit. Well, they didn't show up until New Year's. I don't know how long you were in New Orleans. They didn't show up until New Year's day. Yes, that is correct as well. New Year's Eve. And all I saw was red and black and I was yep. fired up. I'm like, Oh my God, like this place is going to be packed with Cincy fans. And then all of a sudden you wake up on New Year's day. Where the hell did all these people come from? <laughs> Where? Why is everybody wearing blue? None of these people have been here the last few days. I guess you chalk that up to Florida plays in a big game every year. This is the biggest game in program history, so they probably yeah. they don't need all. They're, they're also probably go to New Orleans often with LSU yeah. games. They don't need all all the hoopla like we did. Yeah. Funny um, story though, I was I was cleaning my parents' house the other day. I did find my Cincy committed to Kelly towel. <laughs> trying to figure out what to I do with that, that now. 
Um, now you got to bring it, right? You got to bring it and wave it around. At least, are you going to the game on Saturday? I can't, unfortunately. Oh man, I was gonna say you. Uh, you got to bring that and uh, or give it to somebody you know who's going to the game. Heck, I'll take it. I'll, I'll be there. I don't, yeah, I don't know what to do with wave that. It around. I do know what I did with though. I remember getting a bobblehead. I don't remember what game or how I got a Brian Kelly bobblehead. The day after he left, though, I do remember going out to my porch on Wheeler Street with a hammer and beating the hell out of that bobblehead. <laughs> so that was my way of venting my frustrations at Kelly. <laughs> you you vented. I had not – I don't think I've really ever released any sort of anger on it. I just uh, kind of sulked for a few days and moved on. But, again, I'm a realist. So I was just like, ah, it's, I knew that was going to happen. So I was probably actually – to be honest, I was probably just drunk in New Orleans. I just didn't care. That was how I got got over that. That was yeah. yeah I, I, my mom and dad. I'm sorry. I know I wasn't 21 at the time, but it was New Orleans. They did not care. They were not carting down there. It was just a it was a party. That New Orleans trip was a lot of fun. Yeah, I don't know if you're listening and you've never been to New Orleans. Go. I've been like yeah. five times now. That was my first time. I yes. didn't know that you could drink on the street. So I'm drinking a beer in the lobby. I'm trying to finish it, and my friends are like, "Let's go." I'm like, no, I, I can't bring this with me. They're like, yeah, you can. There was a cop standing there, and I looked at the cop, and he nodded and smiled. Like, you can walk with it. Just be careful. I was like, oh, my God. I love this city. Let's go Bearcats. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was walking into bars. They were just like, yeah, come on in. I was like, all right. I was 20. I was almost 21. So wasn't that was, like, pushing the limit, but it definitely was uh, shocked that they just let me on in. I was like, okay. <laughs> So, so we could, I mean, we could probably talk about this season for hours, for days. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me one story, non-alcohol, non-New Orleans related. <laughs> give me one, one thing that really stands out that you remember about that, and not Pitt either, because Pitt's the obvious answer. Anything <laughs> other than Pitt and alcohol that you remember from 2009? Yeah, so it somebody just tweeted it out, and I. I'm not going to get sentimental, and I hope nobody makes fun of me. I almost literally had a tear come down my eye when this video popped up of this. Oh, I know which, I know which video. We'll, we'll see. Maybe. You probably do. One particular play, I was like, I. it was unbelievable that exact moment. I remember the exact spot I was at. I wasn't at the game. It was against South Florida. Do yep. you know what I'm talking about? I yeah. do. And it was the Zach Calaris run, and it was just like, oh, my God, we are destined to win every game. I mean, that one game was just like, this is it. We're going we're going all the way. Um, it was so cool to, to see that, and Tony's running down the field with his arm broken, cheering. Like, I was like, this whole team is just, what a cool moment. So that that is like my one moment I remember. I remember the camera angle showing down the field, and Calaris is running at the camera. And you could see he's running for his life. And he beat every defender. He, he didn't get touched. He got all the way to the end zone. And it was like, wow. that was That's when I knew, okay, we're going to be fine. And uh, Calaris played well for us when, when he needed to. So it was that was that would be my one moment. Yeah, my, my biggest takeaway from that video, actually, Thursday night football games were awesome 10 years ago. You had Chris Fowler, Jesse Palmer. On the call, yep. two ranked teams, I mean, they really actually put effort into their Thursday night games. And it's funny because I said, give me a story without alcohol. I just remember when Tony Pike went down, everyone in my house was just stunned, and we just started drinking. We were so <laughs> angry. We thought it was over. We thought yeah. this, you know, we thought this could have been a magical run, 
And that was it because we saw Colaris play sparingly prior to that and he looked terrible. So there was like, there was no basis for him to play well. And he just did that on, I think it was like his second or third play. And that was just right. incredible. That's what I'm talking. It was just, that's when I knew we're destined at that. There's oh, yeah. some teams where you're just like, no matter what they do, that's a destiny right there. And then, so the thing that I remember most being from New Jersey is Rutgers week one on Labor Day. We won 47 to 15. I think it was something like 31 to seven at the half. I'll never forget that those were, you know, I've been to West Virginia. I've been to Louisville. I've been to Pittsburgh. Those are honestly the worst fans in the world. The ones at Rutgers. (laughs) It's amazing. And they're just for a school that's been around for 150 years and never won anything. They're just, they, they act so entitled and it's crazy. So I just remember at halftime, one of their fans came up to me and was like, basically made a homophobic slur uh, about Brian Kelly. And I just looked at him like, sure, we're up 31 to 7. I don't really care. Like, he can do whatever <laughs> he wants to be. Why would that bother me? We're up 31 to 7 right now. Like, leave me alone. And I, that was the biggest smile on my face was walking out of that stadium. I was just like waving. There was nobody there when I left, but. You know, just being able to wave to everyone and told him I'd see him in a couple of years. It was an unbelievable game. And I think that kind of set the stage for them. I mean, Rutgers had high expectations. That was also, they were, they kind of, rent, they renovated their stadium. So they were fired up, those students and those fans, and we shut them up in a hurry. I'm looking right now, it looks like their attendance was 53,000 that game. Yeah, I think it was 53,737. And then, I mean, we'll do one more. I mean, tell me, you said you weren't at the Pittsburgh game. You were watching it. I mean, where would you watch? Like, what was going through your mind when you were watching that? Well, yeah. So um, I have pictures on my Facebook of me at that. We basically rented out, not rented out, but we took over a full BW3s and had it on the big screen. Um, we had like five or six tables. But honestly, it wasn't like we needed to rent out. Oh, hey, can you turn? Everybody was watching that UC game. We had it on the loudspeaker. There was probably 20, 30 of us, and we just went nuts. I mean, it was just unbelievable. Um, sad was I was so hyped. We went out that night, celebrated some more, um, and we were at a um, we were at a bar, and um, there there was like a DJ, and that was the night where obviously Nebraska lost to Texas. And when the field goal gets missed, um, we're celebrating. We're going to the national championship. Oh my God. And because the music's playing, the DJ's shouting it, we didn't, it took me about almost 10 minutes after that other game was over to us to realize that they had lost. Um, because we were celebrating so hard, but that's what I remember that day is, uh, celebrating with Pittsburgh. I mean, it was just, that was just so magical. I mean, I just, God, I just put me right back. But the one thing too, as I also remember was, is the, the rushing of the field against West Virginia. Do you remember that? That night game. Do you remember we, that? Did we rush yeah. the field against West Virginia? That was when we rushed it too early. Or was that against the Orange Bowl? Was that the no, year before? That was, no, that was the year before. That was, Pittsburgh that was the year before. That, that was the biggest title. That's hey, right. That was that's right. That's right. Before. That's yeah, right. I was what I, get I, those, sat, I sat in the yeah. front row all the time as a student in the corner. So I was literally standing on the field. I was really confused. I was standing on the right. field during well, that I, rem- play. Was really I was just bizarre. gonna say 
I was going to say, I, I, I always remember Marty Gilliard standing there yelling us to get the hell off the field because <laughs> the game wasn't over. I was like, this is so surreal. Marty Gilliard's like, he was three feet away from me saying, get the hell off the field. I was like, yeah. <laughs> okay. So that wasn't the 2009 season, but that was still right there in that era. Uh, no, but I remember fun. that. Yeah, that was so fun. But yeah, so what were your thoughts? So you were at the Pittsburgh game. What was that like? I was there like five rows from the top. I was you know, all the way up in the upper deck. So it was even colder up there. I mean, it was 31 to 10. I wanted to cry. <laughs> it was too cold to cry, actually. I was so angry. I'm like, this, you know, everything that we just went through, everything that we worked for was like for nothing. Like this was all for nothing. And I was... I wanted to fight my best friend. I, I was, I wanted to fight anybody. I was so angry and irritated. And Marty returned that touch, the, the kick and was like, all right. I mean, I was just being so negative. Like, still down two touchdowns, but okay. Okay. And then at the end, you know, they tie the game and then Pittsburgh scores again. As soon as he missed that extra point, I think everybody in the Cincinnati section just looked in, in the Cincinnati section looked at each other like, we got this. We're about, we're about yeah. to win. Like as soon as he missed that extra point, everyone knew that the game was over, that Cincinnati was destiny. about to win. And it was destiny. I, just jumping on the chairs and just, I don't know. It was amazing. Actually, so my favorite memory of that game in hindsight has nothing to do with 2009. So I got married last summer and the day before my wedding, this was out in LA, out in Beverly Hills. Day before the wedding, I got a text from one of my friends who says, Hey, I have a wedding gift. Come to the pool. I'm a huge college football nerd. So his wedding gift to me was he was hanging out with an old time football coach. It was Phil Bennett, who was the defensive coordinator of Pittsburgh in that game. And right away, I knew as soon as I realized I was talking to Phil Bennett, I knew everything about him. I knew that he was the defensive coordinator of that game. So I started asking him, like, you know, do you remember that? Like, what are your thoughts on that game? The first thing he says to me, F. Marty Gilliard. <laughs> he cost me my job. He got fired two days later, and they said, dude, you can't allow that guy, Marty Gilliard, to do what he did to you. You can't have a job here anymore. So Marty Gilliard literally cost Phil Bennett his job at Pittsburgh. So that's that's actually my favorite memory now of that game, was meeting Phil Bennett nine years later. and. Finding out that he lost his job thanks to Marty, which I mean, you would know that, but yeah, Marty Gilliard is my yeah, Marty Gilliard is my all-time favorite. Quick uh, facts on Scotty Whitehouse: Marty Gilliard is my favorite Bearcat athlete of all time. I don't know why, but he was just like just so fun, and he was so engaging. I've met him multiple times. He's just the night, and he's super nice. But um, he was the best part is he was so engaging with the student section at every time. They came on the field. He's the one running at the end and getting on, on the stands and like getting the crowd involved. Like I just loved him. Then he went to the Eagles. We, we, uh, my buddy and I got an Eagles jersey and we yeah. loved Gilbert. So yeah, it yeah, was there's fun. actually a, a famous picture. I think it was like a USA Today picture of him like sitting up in the student section after a win, like pumping his yeah. fist and you see me and all my friends in the background. So I always try to like, look that is cool. I love that. Picture, I love that. You clearly see all of our faces. Yeah. Um, look. So let me ask this. Do you know who, and this is because I just, I'm not quite sure what all the, the, the ceremonies are going to be like at halftime. Do you know like what players? I know I heard, I think that Benz is coming back. Um, but I didn't that's know if awesome, there was anybody I know else. Benz is working. So that's awesome. I, I thought back. I heard that he was coming. I, 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 I thought I read that, but I, I could be know. mistaken. I, I'm not really sure what the, what the ceremony is going to entail. I assume 
I'm sure they'll show some guy. I mean, this school does an unbelievable job with their Twitter hype videos. I'm sure there's going to be a nice, like, four or five-minute montage video, maybe as they're all walking out. Probably give the mic – hopefully they give the mic to people. Hopefully Marty's one of them because I love hearing him talk. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I'm I'm really glad that they're getting honor, and hopefully – you know, this 2019 team can honor them also and just keep on winning. Absolutely. I love it. I think it's uh, it's a special time to be a Bearcats fan for sure. Ten years ago, you know, we go undefeated. Ten years now, we're, we're looking really good. I'm really excited to see what happens for the rest of the season for sure. Me too. It really is a special time in basketball. Basketball's three weeks away. I, I mean, the, the fun fact about me is I went to Cincinnati – because I'm a huge basketball fan. I used to play basketball. So I wanted to go to a big-time basketball school when I went to college. I didn't care about football. Turns out, I went to a school that never made the tournament and went to two BCS uh, bowl games. So yeah, yeah. for me, for, for making the wrong choice. But obviously, over the last nine years, making the tournament. And we could do that. We'll do this another time. Mick. I, I was a freshman 2006, so Mick is the only basketball coach I've ever known. Yep. So I'm it's oh. interesting to see somebody else, but I'm excited for John Brandon and really looking forward to this Bearcat basketball team. Absolutely. Um, I told my wife, I said, hey, guess what's three weeks from tonight? And she goes, well, I can tell you what three weeks and tonight and one day is. It's our anniversary. I was like, oh, okay, that's right. Well, also three weeks from tonight is <laughs> – is the UC Ohio State game. Um, it's here. I was thinking about that. I got a little giddy. I was like, uh, I was listening to an interview where they were talking about different stadiums and stuff. And I, maybe I just, again, I love college basketball. There's nothing better than snow on the ground. It's freezing. You're getting, parking your car, you're running, and you get inside that basketball arena, and you dust all the snow off, you take your jacket off, you sit in that seat, the bright lights are on, and it's basketball season, baby. And that is only three weeks away. I can't believe it. I'm stoked. I have a lot of thoughts on this basketball team. Um, I know we'll go over it here in the next few weeks, but, folks, I'm telling you, this is going to be a really cool year. I think um, I'm not expecting, you know, I'm not saying that it's going to be so successful. We're going to the second weekend, but it's just going to be a really fun buckle up. It's going to be a lot of ups and downs, but this is going to be a season I, I'm I'm feeling with Brennan's first year. It's going to be a fun one. So we're three weeks away from the start of a whole really fun journey that I can't wait for. I agree. Yeah, save those thoughts. We have a bye week next week in football. So maybe that's, maybe next week's the week to kind of talk about basketball. Sure. Uh, yeah, I have many, many thoughts. Definitely can't do it in the next two minutes. So let's yeah. save those thoughts for another week. Uh, any last thoughts on, you know, on Saturday's Tulsa game on 2009 on anything before we wrap this up? No, I think, uh, uh, as everyone enjoy the ceremonies, if you're going to the game, um, enjoy this game and, and uh, you know, I, God knows I'm not saying it's a bye week game. We're gonna, we need a win, but take this in, take next weekend for the bye week and buckle up. As I said, we're, we get a whole slate of really good games coming up and, um, I, obviously just Bearcats go get W's. That's all I care about at this point. Let's go get some W's. Let's go get a championship. Let's play in a really cool bowl game. Um, and let's finish off the season right. So, uh, that's my thoughts. I, I think everybody come out to the game. Um, I'll be there. Um, hit me up on Twitter. My Twitter handle's 
um, at Scooter Booms. Actually, I created that Twitter handle in Linder Hall College Business my freshman year. Um, I was the first time I ever got on Twitter and they're showing me what it was like. Okay. And Scooter Booms was available. S-C-O-O-T-E-R-B-O-O-M-S. So that's kind of a cool Twitter handle. I have no idea why, but that is it. So hit me up on, Sco- on Twitter if you're at the game and we'll catch up for a beer uh, and go Bearcats. Fun fact, my Twitter account at M-S-S-C-H-N-E-I-D, M-S-9, was also created in Lender Hall. As a no student. way. It's like I'm, we were I'm destined bored. to do this podcast <laughs> together. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was bored. It happens. So I created a Twitter, and the rest is history. Love it. Love it. Well, awesome. Thanks well, a lot for joining. I'm looking forward to doing this again in the future. Absolutely. Thank you so much, uh, and uh, let's get a W. Yeah, thank you all for listening. Let's get a W on Saturday.